ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Blake and Sal Show, episode number 348. I feel like I have to put old-time radio voice on with this song on it right now. <laughs> I'm Blake, moving on my co-host. First of all, the Tiger King himself. Sal, how you doing? <laughs> Carol Baskin's a bitch. podcasting. <laughs> for those of them, there'll be pictures up. We're playing with backgrounds today, so uh, we're having some fun here today. <laughs> that should be the name of the episode, Fun with Backgrounds. Fun with, yeah, yeah. Exhausted Fun with Backgrounds. We'll get to that later. <laughs> And the man, the myth, the legend, the man who has been trying to figure out how to fix the flagpole all morning. Mark, Dad, how you doing? Uh, fantastic. <laughs> and <laughs> let's put it this way. You have a storm, and your power goes out, and doesn't come back on until like 2.45 in the morning. 3.30 in the morning. 3.30. 3.30? 3.30. And you need your CPAP, and you can't sleep. Sometimes we get a little cranky. This has been a it's been one of those days. We, me and Dad have not slept well at all. Sal never sleeps well before doing a show, so this is not going to be a long show. Dad, what's the opening song? The opening song is Windy by the Association because that's how it sums up last night. 70-mile-an-hour winds rushed through our area, and the casualty we got is my flagpole snapped in half. Like literally in half. Like, it's not an exaggeration. It's in half. <laughs> in our neighbor's tree. Like, it's not an exaggeration. There are some Even people better. that lost their fence and ended up in the neighbor's yard. Yes. Oh, and or driveway. In fences. Rest in peace. You know. Um, well, I was just say something. I have to tell this story. And Sal, you'll crack up with this. Dad is on, on, on the Zoom call um, last night for his. By the way, we're recording this on Wednesday. Just so people are very confused about what we're talking about. But um, last night, Dad's on his Zoom call for his group share meeting for church. And he's explaining what's going on at our end because we have no power. He's on his phone on very little battery trying to get on this dream call so they know he's not going to be there. This took 25 minutes for him to tell them he was not going to be there. But <laughs> not that it was the point of the story. The story was hearing, he made me in the other room. And dad is in here. And he's like, um, 
Yeah, we had our flagpole broken in half, our garbage cans are in our neighbor's debt, our neighbor's yard. You think over the top exaggerating this entire storm. And me and Mandy are in, me and Mandy are said, look up. And we lost power for eight hours. Like Britt Baker talking to Remy. Oh right. <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> inconvenience. Because you couldn't open the refrigerator because you wanted to keep it cold because the power was out. Yeah, you tell your 12-year-old son who wants to get a snack before bed, he can't go in the fridge. Can't you don't know when the power is coming back on. It, it got to the point where, you know, we called We Energies and he had update. And first okay. he said over 100,000 people were out of power. Yeah. Well, here's the update. First update down was... To 50, Oh, no, here's what it was. Here's the update. First update was it'll be up by 8.30. Okay, that's reasonable. And then we find out that a semi blew, got blown into a pole. So the pole fell down, and that's why the power is out. Thank you, Sal. <laughs> that's why the power is out. Yeah. And the wind's knocked that, yeah. The wind's knocked that semi into a uh, power pole and snapped that in half. Yeah. So that caused a that little a ruckus and... That was at 5 p.m. Just so people know. It was at 5 yep. p.m. They told us they're going to be back up and running by 8.30. Many of them called them, and they're told, we don't know what time they're going to be up and running. And then they tell us, maybe 11.30. And then I'm sitting outside charging my phone in the car, and Mandy texted me said, oh, it might be on sometime between 11.30 and 1. And then they call us at 1.30 in the morning to tell us the power will be on at 3.30. It finally went on at 3.30, and they called us to tell us it was on. That was our night right there. <laughs> so throughout the show, me and Dad seem a little jumpy and a little snippy. That but I, I, I have a question. Go for it. Why, why did they need to call you to tell you if the power was on? Wouldn't you already know that the power was on when all your lights oh. turned on? Oh, sorry. One more part. One part of this. It's 2.30. Okay, it's 2.30. The power turns back on and then turns off and then turns back on and then turns off. Well... It turns on, and all of our lights turn on because all of our lights are on. The power is all the lights in the entire house go on. The, all of a sudden, the lights go back off, and then it comes back on. But off again. And all of a sudden, you hear from downstairs, "What the hell?" <laughs> from CJ. <laughs> no, actually, CJ went, "Oh, come on now!" So funny. And then it finally came back on an hour later. But like yeah. this is our night, so if we're a little snippy and a little crabby. But- it, it was it was interesting because uh, Christian and I at one thirty in the morning had a, a snack because we couldn't sleep and we had a a Pringles snack at one thirty in the morning yeah. with uh, diet soda. I was sitting in my car. I was sitting in Larry Bandy's car. I'm eating a bag of goldfish and drinking a soda at like ten thirty at night, charging my phone. So like, <laughs> I mean, that, that was the only way we could keep power to the phone is you had to go into the car, turn it on, and charge it. One of the it. things where I'm so glad that we upgraded our phones when we did because our batteries last shitload longer than they did a couple of months ago. So like, I'm so glad we upgraded our phones when we did. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah, it is. I, I got that wonderful message when it says twenty percent. Do you want to use? Low power mode? Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess. I was in low power mode most of the evening because I didn't want to risk my phone dying. <laughs> okay, all right. Now that you know where we That's are. That's what she now, said. Let's start the show. Help support the show and find all the platforms you can find the show and other products we work on at theblakeandsalshow.com. Uh, yes, and you can buy our 
shirt stickers, hoodies, um, uh, flying nun caps, and more from our T Public store. What? <laughs> uh, click on the T Public link on our website. Go to T uh, search Blake and Sal show, and you will also go to belowthecollar.com and search the show there. Um, uh, oh, I do we have our Blake and Sal show flashlights? I, I wish that would have been great oh, last night. That would have been great. Um, little items actually available. Also, I forgot to put this in the run sheet, so I'll stay here. Um, go vote on the Blake Sal show year end award. We're ready at like double the amount of votes we had last year. So yay! So go vote for that. I'm one person. So there's a lot of people, there's a lot of vote. We're, we're, we're approaching a bunch of like, okay, I'll break the third, I'll break the fourth wall here. Last year, the reason there was no numbers on our sheet is because we had 16 people who voted in our poll. That was last year. This year we're almost at 40 and it's only been a week. So there you go. We're already doing better than last year. Just like the presidential election. Oh geez, we'll get to that right <laughs> after the break. Oh my God. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. We're able to make this projection because CNN projects Biden's Pennsylvania, the former vice president, in his third run for the highest office, pulling off a rare defeat of a sitting commander in chief. With this victory, Kamala Harris is set to become the first woman and the first person of color to be the vice president. Again, CNN projects Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. And Jake, he is now president-elect Joe Biden. Everybody look around, cause there's a reason to rejoice, you see. Everybody come out, and let's commit to singing joyfully. Everybody look up, and find the hope that we've been waiting on. So last week when we left you, we were waiting on election results. Well, our show went up Friday and Saturday morning while I was at work. That CNN report you just heard is, well, I heard that Joe Biden is now our president-elect. Um, last week, I said I was going to have a song I wanted to play. This was it. Uh, it was, um, everybody rejoiced from the wind because I just couldn't help myself that this would be the song that would be in my head after Trump would be knocked out of office. It's just fitting. So... You, you, you couldn't use "Is on down the road? No, because this makes more sense. This song okay. makes more sense. Because okay. in the movie, the Wicked Witch is dead, and they sing this song. This makes more sense. Okay. Jeez. I um, figure "Is on down the road to like 600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The song is called Everybody Rejoice. That's the name of the song. Okay, got it. <laughs> And it's be marching down day. Pennsylvania Avenue. And it's brand new day. That's the whole thing. Anyway. 
I'm going to say this right now. We're going to talk about this now, and then we're probably not going to talk politics again until January, because we're, I'm not going to lie, I still have family members not talking to me <laughs> because I, I cited for Biden in this election. Um, Sal, any thoughts? Um, I'm glad it's over, and uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be... An interesting four-year blizzard snowstorm. <laughs> I like that. That was good. That was good. Dad? Uh, I'm glad that it's finally over, resolved to uh, say everyone had their voice, made their voice count, uh, even though uh, what Trump's party is trying to say is election fraud, which he cannot prove. He's made several examples, but he cannot prove any of them. So therefore, you know, they're not going to go forward legally into this. And to me, I, with, with him, it's sour grapes. It's, you know, I didn't get reelected. Boo hoo. Okay. Now I'm going to hold my breath until I turn blue. I'm going to take my ball and go home and whatever else. And, He's also publicly said he's not going to contact President Biden and say that he concedes by phone or in person, and he's not going to leave the White House. He was told if he doesn't, he'll physically escorted off the ground by Secret Service, and if he resists, he will be arrested. So let's I see how this plays out. Because, oh my God, that would be amazing. You know, I would love to see I that I want to see how this plays out because here's the thing. You're representing your political party, a Republican, and you're not doing your party any favors by acting like a big spoiled baby. Everyone loves a party favor. <laughs> I want to say, though, um, that was funny. I want to say something, though. Let's be, be serious for one second. For all the people that are online saying, oh, Trump's right. This was voter fraud. I'm like, you guys don't know how an election is run. You obviously don't know how elections run, or how this election was run, because the Republicans were keeping them from counting the votes early. Because if they counted the votes early, then this would not have been a big problem and a big controversy. So I'm just going to say this, and I'll say this now. Congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We will have a new president and new vice president starting in January. And Sal, I looked at the calendar, and there's a 95% chance we're going to be doing our show during the inauguration. <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, that's funny to me because I'm off the day of the inauguration. So let me, let, me, let me interject with one point and then I'll be it. Cool. Is that people are saying about the election fraud. But what stand is there was a Republican representative Democrat representative when you're doing the counting and tabulation. So you can't say that nothing was fair because you had both representatives there. And if there was a problem with it, it would have been addressed a hell of a lot earlier than all these accusations without any substance. That's true. It's very, very true. All right. So that's that. We will stop the political talk now until January because that's just how I, I like I said, I thought people are talking to me after everything we did. So Let's move on. And unfortunately, our next story is sad. And because it's so sad, I'm not going to be the one that say it. Let's go to how I heard it on television Monday night at 6 o'clock Central Time. 
I'm Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy. Over the weekend, we lost our beloved host, Alex Trebek. This is an enormous loss for our staff and crew, for his family, and for his millions of fans. He loved this show and everything it stood for. In fact, he taped all episodes less than two weeks ago. He will forever be an inspiration for his constant desire to learn, his kindness, and for his love of his family. We will air his final 35 episodes as they were shot. That's what he wanted. On behalf of everyone here at Jeopardy, thank you for everything, Alex. This is Jeopardy. That is how they went on the air on Monday for Jeopardy! Monday night. Um, Alex Trebek, age 80, pancreatic cancer. We talked about it a couple of years ago on the show when he announced his diagnosis. But here we are. It's He's gone, and it's shocking and sad. And um, Sal, your thoughts? Um, it, you know, I, I know this is, like, going to sound silly to say, but I, I can't understand why pancreatic cancer in particular is so difficult for them to try to find a some sort of a cure or slow it down. I mean, the the, the survival rate is like what, like less than five percent or something. It's yeah. some ridiculous number. I just I can't understand why after all these years they can't figure it out and it's so sad because like when you hear that somebody has it it's just like an automatic oh well you're not surviving you know what I mean like it's just it's so sad like I just I can't you know we're in 2020 you know we've done so much as far as medicine and stuff is concerned and I, I mean hell they, they 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 almost have you know HIV and AIDS figured out at this point why can't they figure this one out I get it I get that 100 percent yeah um, my yeah, Dad, go. My understanding is, when he went public, I believe he says it was stage four, pancreatic cancer. At that point. And stage four, that's the toughest stage, to basically attack. And he was going through a battery of chemotherapy and other things, and then as COVID came in, he decided to not to go to chemotherapy because his immune system so flipping weak that he didn't want to contract anything. So he stopped the chemotherapy treatments and he wanted to go out on his own terms. And he did, he did, he went out. What he loved doing was, was jeopardy. Jeopardy was a very integral part of his life. And, uh, 
if you look back at his career and how he started in radio broadcasting and in, in Canada, and he did game show hosting and other game shows and kind of when they needed him and he did it for how long with 35 years or 40 years, 35, 35. And to do this for 35 years, that just shows not only how popular you are, but how integral you are in that game show that you cannot be replaced by anybody else. And he's going to be a figure that's surely missed. And the only thing he didn't do, and I think his family mentioned it, is he didn't get a chance to do like television acting or movie acting. That's not true. That's not true. He well, got he got like a whole list of TV shows he was on and things like that. There's a whole list. Well, besides Four game shows, besides those, game shows and doing cameos. Oh, oh, like he was on Seinfeld and things like that. Yeah, but I mean. Besides, besides cameos, he didn't still, get it like a regular, yeah, still you know, something. right. <clears throat> but, you know, those skits on Saturday Night Live between him and Sean Connery, who is also mm-hmm. has passed, it's going to be interesting how they're going to address it. And hopefully mm-hmm. they're going to do it uh, with Not kid always. gloves and with uh, some uh, comedy. But, you know, let's not ruin the, the moment. Um, I will say two things. First of all, um, Jeopardy at points for me is I, I'm 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 not smart enough to watch Jeopardy at times. I'm just not to be blunt. I'm not. I'm not nearly as smart. Not even the kids' I, ones. Like, I, like Mandy is smart enough to watch Jeopardy. I am not. <laughs> just being blunt. So like, but even though there are times we watch Jeopardy and I'm like, I know that category. I actually know they did a whole po- they did a whole category about podcasting and I knew that category. That was fun last week. But um, <laughs> anyway. The other thing I will say is he's a legend. But one thing I will suggest, if you really want to hear something, um, he had a, he released an audiobook about two months ago. Um, it's his life story, his autobiography. Him and Ken Jennings did it. And um, Ken Jennings helped him with a couple of things here and there. Actually, Ken Jennings did most of the narration, and then Alex would jump in and talk about the personal stuff and things like that. It is a fantastic listen. And... Um, I suggest it to anybody that wants to hear, like I, like for instance, after Regis passed away, I listened to his audiobook, and that was really good. So I want to suggest to anybody that really wants to hear from Alex himself, talk about his life, listen to that audiobook. I'll put the link up here if you want to go and get it off Audible. Um, and the one thing I will say, and the reason it hasn't hit me as hearted as a lot of people, is if you heard or read that book, at the end of it, it's almost like he was... He was telling you, it's okay. I'm going to go, and I know I am. It was almost like he keeps telling us, it's fine. I'm not going to be here forever, and I know this, and it's real. Mm -hmm. So I suggest you go out there and listen to that book. It's a really good listen. You (sighs) know, I put on Facebook, I said, RIP, Alex, and when you're talking to Please, you must form answers in the form of a question. Yes. Hmm. Um, okay, let's, let's get out of the sadness. Let's move on. We'll get into the wrestling section with a bunch of news. I swear this is not going to be a long show. So here we go. It's so very cool for the nature boy, Ric Flair, to come on here and say a thing or two. You all deserve Under the sea. Under the sea. Uh, 
Um, I want to quick, quick um, Instagram. We um, I post a lot of pictures up from AEW, their press photos all the time. I always put them up. They send them to us. I post them all the time. Well, after on Sun on like on the Monday morning, I finally got around to putting up the pictures from Full Gear. Took me a while, but I finally got them all up on Monday. Um, all of a sudden, I, a bunch of them got retweeted, and uh, Thunder Rosa has been reposting our pictures a lot lately. Ali has been reposting pictures that we put up, and then Vicky Guerrero did the same thing. And then I get an alert like an hour and a half later that Vicky Guerrero followed the show. So I'm like, yay, Vicky Guerrero now follows the show on Instagram. So yay for that. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse hey, me. Vicky. Excuse me. I have a thing to say. Go for it. I'm very excited. <laughs> and if, if, by, if, if by chance she's listening, I love you. That was great. That was That's good. It. That was good. All right. Viva la raza. Take it sound, go. Um, and in in his never-ending share tour, The Undertaker will be making his final farewell appearance at Survivor Series. Yes, I love that. That was, that was a great way of putting it. The never-ending share tour. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> um, yes, the Survivor Series. He's going to be making his quote-unquote farewell appearance. We all know how that works in the wrestling business. I was gonna say, is he like wrestling? Is he gonna get like attacked? Like I don't know. Like no. the joke is on like I'm wrestling game daily that like they should have him like attack retribution and then end that end that whole thing. <laughs> end it. <laughs> end it. <laughs> all of their lives. <laughs> I would be okay with that, oddly enough. <laughs> Supposedly the plans he have is that his music hits and you see him in the ring, I like the fiend, and something happens, and that's all they're gonna say. Yeah. No wait, no. <laughs> See that—that's how you get the fiend to turn face officially. You have him help Taker against Retribution. That's how you have the fiend turn face. <laughs> you know, thirty years in the business, and he literally on the, the day, on the day, on the day, WWE. There you go. Thirty-eight. I mean. And if he's not a sure thing for the Hall of Fame, oh, yeah, duh. Then, duh. then something is definitely wrong in WWE land. Duh. He's like one of Vince's best friends, of course. He still have to do duh. last year's Hall of Fame. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. Well, but, but here's what I would say with that, by the way, Sal. Since we're going to be doing WrestleMania in Tampa anyway, just do last year's Hall of Fame like it was supposed to happen this year. Just do the exact same thing. Yeah, just skip the year. That's fine. Just do this year. Like you had please don't do yeah, yeah, just please don't do a double dose because yeah. I can't just just too well, much. I know like um as an example, the Hockey Hall of Fame said they're not doing that. That the twenty twenty class will be inducted in twenty twenty one and then we'll just move on from there. That's okay. what the Hockey Hall of Fame announced. So maybe hopefully WWE does the exact same thing. Because I am not in the mood for a four and a half hour Hall of Fame with 18 people being inducted at one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so I'll go. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE announced the release of Tony Chimmel and 10 to 15 other employees. Yes, Tony Chimmel. I, I did not realize he still worked here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I forgot he still worked here. Um, that any thoughts? I don't know if this is because they're still downsizing because of their economic situation or if it's something else, but my understanding too is that not only with these releases, but they're looking at uh, some release superstars to come back. And I think that's because of injuries to the talent uh-huh. and you got a storyline that starts, but now you got talent is injured. So what the hell do we do now? Injuries. Yeah. Injuries. <laughs> Meaning you're in the doghouse with Vince no, somehow. You have COVID you you're not a television for two weeks. That's what's going oh, on. Is that what it's it is? Multiple COVID outbreaks I'm not talking about on the air. That's been going on. There you go. It almost affected what's Halloween COVID? Havoc. COVID doesn't exist in the WWE bubble. Yeah. If you, uh, that's what almost affected Halloween Havoc. Like, <laughs> I mean, why don't we just have all the talent wear masks? Because that's not a thing. Okay. To happen. They were masked back then. If you watch the WWE documentaries, by the way, everyone is wearing a mask like all the time. If you watch their documentaries, right? So, the recent ones from this year. So to their credit, they are wearing them back then. Right. So at least on camera. And, so and I'll they, they, they <laughs> make sure that their temperature the is okay and yeah. That's more than I can say about the AEW fans. That the crowd in um the crowd in Jacksonville at times that take their mask off just to sing Jericho's theme song. Um, <laughs> that's a different, that's a whole different subject matter. We'll get to later. Yep. So, um, this is sad news. Look ahead. Uh, yeah, Jake the Snake Roberts announced that he has been diagnosed with COPD. Yeah. So, um, he went in there, he went into for a test. He thought it was going to be COVID and he ended up saying it's not COVID. It's worse. It's COPD. So this is sad news. Um, the guy can't catch a fucking break because he just got over his demons and now he has this problem. Like, yeah. he just got over yeah. his demons. Hey, you know, hey Dad. Doc? We, we uh, first of all, we've got to give thanks to uh, DDP for getting Jake oh, yeah. back on track. Uh, him and, and uh, Razor uh-huh. Ramon. Well, maybe. Or Scott Hall, maybe. whichever he wants to be called. Uh-huh. Maybe. Um, maybe. I heard, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He's uh, falling off the wagon. We're our family is all too familiar with COPD. And um, if it's anything like what uh, yeah, Mary yeah. had, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably from years of with Jake smoking cigarettes or, or other things to that nature. And, you know, after all these years, inhalers aren't working and everything else isn't working. And, you know, it, it's got to a point where they're going to say, okay, you know, how about a double lung transplant or lung transplant? Yeah, and now yeah. with any type of surgery in this era with COVID, you have to be so extremely careful that, you know, you don't contract this or other things that are going to lead to something worse. So my thoughts are out to Jake and his family, and they're probably taking life one day at a time. Yeah, and he's still popping up to his credit. He, he was at Dynamite, and a Dynamite, well, Dynamite, and Full Gear, and he'll be at Dynamite this week, and he is still doing TV despite it all. You know, I give him credit. He's, he's, do, we, he's going. do we know what's going to happen with uh, the storyline with him and Lance? He he was on full gear. They were on okay. full gear together. So I'm assuming okay. they're going to stay together as long as Jake can be a television. You know, might as well. 
Okay. Can't, can't blame them for it. Nope. Sal, this is one you're excited about. Go for it. Oh my God, I'm so excited. AEW announced AEW Games with two new phone games, uh, Elite General Manager and Casino Double or Nothing, uh, coming out between December and uh, January. And also a console game for, I guess now you can say current gen and the past gen, uh, uh, being produced by Ukes Games, who was very influential in making all those very popular WWE games. And that's coming out mid-2021. Yeah, this was breaking news during the blockout last night. I was getting alerts about this during the blockout. I'm like, okay, I guess I will use some of my battery power to get these photos up. I got to press with some AEW about it. I, I can see them doing one for PlayStation 5. I can see them doing one for probably Switch, which is hot. Now, as far as Xbox, the new ones are coming out. Everything's a digital download. It's not a game card. So, you know, unless they give you a key for a digital download for that, you know, that, that may be the possibility. I guarantee they'll figure something out my next year. They, 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 they had announced it was going to be for the new consoles, PS5 and the uh, Xbox Series X. Okay. And uh, the past gen now, which would be PS4 and the Xbox One. So it's going to be available on those four as of right now. And I also want to note that the the person in charge of the video game, the console video game, is the same guy that did the uber popular WCW WCW Revenge and the WWF No Mercy when they switched from WCW to WWE. And those are probably the two most popular wrestling games ever. It's true. That's exactly and, true. And the, and the graphics are going to be phenomenal. So I, yeah, kudos I, to them. By the way, whoever whoever decided we're going to have um, Akira Shida as their model for these, as said, the pictures they said they're Akira Shida looking amazing in this game. Like, oh my God. I'm beating up Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, like, it was amazing. I was like, what is going on? Like, it looked incredible. Oh, come on. He likes it, and you know it. Well, by the way, so Sal, they put those pictures up. Apparently, they were doing a Steve Jobs bit. That's why Kenny and Mega look like Steve Jobs. They were doing a Steve Jobs bit. <laughs> and there is a picture, and I'll probably put it on our graphic. Um, he looks adorable, Kenny, though. <laughs> it was Kenny, Cody, Britt, and Audrey dressed as Steve Jobs in black and white doing this video presentation. <laughs> That's what that was about. So there you go. <laughs> so you you were absolutely 100% right on that one, Sal. <laughs> so last week, we were talking about um, how WWE abandons the rights to the trademark of Cody Rhodes, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But Sal, another weird story broke. Go for it. Um, WWE has now abandoned the rights to the trademark of Brock Lesnar. I mean, that makes sense, but, you know. Oh, oh, time out. Time out. How can you trademark someone's real name? How do you trademark Cody? How do you trademark a lot of these names? Yeah, but I mean, if that's a legal name, you can't trademark it because that's their name. You make a deal deal with Brock, and he does it. And to the point, by the way, when this broke, all Brock's merchandise is now no longer a WWE shop. So, probably get on his website. That's crazy to me. So, so I mean, I don't know what it means, but there you go. I, I, I take it the they basically get the trademark rights so they can do the merchandising. 
and you know promote them on shows and shit. Right. So know? now, so if you say Brock Lesnar in the past, it was like cha-ching, WWE got money. So maybe they realize he did, but that people are sick of him and they're taking a year break. I don't know. Uh, they're taking a year break. Maybe he doesn't want to come in from. From from Bumblefuck Canada that he lives. I don't know. Well, uh, does that mean he's going to be doing conventions then soon? That would involve him being social. <laughs> that would involve him actually being social. Well, I do not see him being social like when like Kevin Nash or something like that. I don't see that happening. So, all right, let's move on real fast. So, Sal, I'm gonna I gotta I gotta bring this up on the air. I'm gonna embarrass myself on the air here. So, during Full Gear. I was getting the results in from at New Japan Power Struggle. And when I was getting the results, um, I misread the results. <laughs> I misread them. And I go to dad and I said, nothing happened. Don't worry about it. And then later on, next day, I start reading the results again just to get more details so I can do all the red sheet. And then I found out that something major did happen. <laughs> Whoops. My bad. Um, so, um, remember a couple weeks ago, um, Sal, I, we've made up, we've talked about on the show how nobody has ever, ever won a match when the, new, when the IWGP contract briefcase is on the line. No one's ever taken that briefcase for somebody before. Ever. Well, that's it. That's changed. It, Jay White beat Kota Ibushi to win the IWGP World Contract briefcase for January 4th at Russell Kingdom. But here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Um, he had his feet on the ropes. Number one, he cheated, and the referee didn't see that, which is a big no-no in New Japan. But that's number one. Number two, in a press conference after, because New Japan does press conferences, people. They do legit press conferences. Um, Jay White announced... He does not want his title shot on January 4th. He wants it on January 5th. <laughs> because, obviously, other Kingdom is two nights. So, right after his press conference, um, Tenzin Naito, the IWGP double champion, gets on the mic and says, fine, I want Kota Ibushi on January 4th. <laughs> so, at Wrestle Kingdom, on January 4th, it'll be Tenzin Naito, defending the double championship against Kota Ibushi. And on January 5th, the winner of that match will face Jay White. Dad, I see you shaking your head in confusion. Go ahead. My candidate won. My pick won. So a little late. <laughs> a little late, but and here's the thing. I think Jay White is picking his shafts, which is good, because he knows that he can't really go toe-to-toe with Kuro Ibushi. Or Tenzin Naito, for that matter. You know, and, and, you know, because Kuro Ibushi will basically run circles around him. And Kuro Ibushi's got great cardio and, and great upper body strength for a man his size. So he's picking his shots. He figures he may have a better shot at Naito. Or, or he wants... Okay, there's one thing that people don't know. Okay. I am terrified, terrified of a Naito Ibushi wrestling match. Because the last time they had a match Wrestle Kingdom for the IC title, Abushim would broke his neck. So <laughs> I think Jay White is smart, and he's going to face the winner the next night because the two of them are going to beat the living shit out of each other on night one, and he's going to pick the bones the next night. That's what right. So I mean, we'll see what happens if he gets a, a very hurt, injured Kota Abushi or whoever, whoever wins. Yeah, 
you know, so whoever comes in, like you're saying, they're going to come in injured and hurt because both Naito and Kotobushi are going to go full bore. And you know how it is with these guys. They don't back down. They don't give an inch. It's all physical. It's all in your face. So all I can say is may the best man win for Jay White. We'll get to that in January. We'll talk about what's in January. Um, Wednesday night said that MLW Fusion is back. They're finally back from quarantine. Hey! They're coming back hey. next Wednesday. And um, because we got press releases, I have to bring it up here. Um, MLW World Heavyweight, Champ- Heavyweight Championship match is Jacob Fat 2 taking on Davy Boy Smith Jr. And the, mid- the World Middleweight Championship down the line as Byron Reed takes on Brian Pillman Jr. Um, Dad, your thoughts on these matches? Because you actually watch the show even more than I do. You know, it's, it's weird, but I know Davy Boy Smith has been off for a while. Uh, camera and I don't I don't know if there's <laughs> issues or just he's taking a rest or I had other issues. Um but it's nice to see him come back and go against Jacob Fatu for the title. And the rumblings I'm hearing I know that Fatu is reaching out to the performance center. Well he just wa- signed a two year deal. He just resigned. He just resigned the two year I, I understand that, but he's still kind of reaching out to the performance center because yeah, he had a two year contract with MLW. I know. Let me finish. He's reaching out. He's trying to get tips on how to better manage his matches because a lot of times with Jacob Fatou, his matches are somewhat short because he doesn't really have that cardio, but he's basically getting pointers from people up at WWE, especially his family ties. And they're trying to tell him, okay, if you lose a little weight and put on some more muscle, you'll be able to do your matches a lot better. So he's getting tips and pointers, and hopefully they're going to work for him in, in the right direction. But as I he do, is now. I just want to say something. I want to say something about go that. Go ahead. We see Jacob that in person. But one yes. thing I will say yes. is he's not a fat person at any level. He's no. not. Like, no. My whole he, point is, though, what I'm saying is not, the reason not, his matches are short is not because of his cardio. It's because they're book short. They're the difference. <laughs> they're the difference. Yeah. Fat 2 is, is not heavier and obese. We're not talking like a Rikishi um, or Yokozuna. Same he, he's got to wait to him. And for a man's size, he moves well, but he wants to do better. And I don't have any problem with him trying to better himself in matches because that's just going to basically keep him with the championship belt a little bit longer. Would I like Danny oh. Boy Smith Jr. to take it? Yeah, Willie, no. Okay, well, I'm thinking Jacob Fett who retains. I can see Brian Pillman Jr. winning the middleweight. Yep. We'll find out Wednesday when we have our first show of the new tapings. And yep. here's the best part, because there is no fans. There's no spoilers. So we'll be able to go mm-hmm. through the show and see what happens. Hopefully yep. it's better than Impact has been lately, because at least they don't have somebody who got shot every time. But who done it? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Normally we don't bring up Monday Night Raw stuff, but this is actually a Feck Survivor Series. We're having two matches for titles on Monday. Hmm, I wonder if the ratings are down. That's why we're doing this. WWE Championship match it is Randy Orton taking on Drew McIntyre. And the Raw Tag Team Championship match, it is the New Day taking on the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Sal, do you expect either title to change hands? Um, I, I can see the tag titles changing just simply because of the, the way that the storyline's been going. Um, 
WWE Championship. I mean, I think that'd be kind of silly to drop have Randy drop the title so soon. Um, so that one, I, I expect Randy to retain, probably by shenanigans of some sort. But yeah. I can I can totally see the Hurt Business winning the tag titles. Keeping in mind, then the Hurt Business would face the Street Profits at Survivor Series. So that's interesting to me. That'd be interesting. Um, the thing with the WWE Championship match is I'm torn because they have done this twice in the last three years where they have changed the title on the week before Survivor Series to make a better match. They did it with AJ and they did it with Dan and Bryan. So I would not be shocked if they said, oh, Orton and Rowan is going to be a terrible matchup because they're both heavy heels. Maybe she had a baby face in this match and they get the belt back to Drew. That would not shock me at all. Dad, what do you think? Well, here's the thing. The other, the other possibility to think of, and you got to keep this in mind, is Miz has the money in the bank briefcase. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing. No way they're going to do Miz and Roman at Survivor Series. No, no, no. <laughs> no well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> you have a match between him and Roman, and I guarantee you Roman's going to kick yeah. his ass from one end of the ring to another. It wouldn't surprise me if Miz cashes in and he takes the belt from Randy. Wow. And then Drew is going to go after Miz for the belt. Uh, well, I can see that maybe at Survivor Series, but I just don't see it happening Monday. Just being honest, and, I and, it happening on Monday. You know, unfortunately for the New Day, I don't think they're going to hang on to the belt. Yeah, neither do I. And, you know, it's that separation anxiety from Big E, so... I wouldn't say that. But I'm thinking her business versus Street Profits actually makes more sense, even though I would love to see a New Day Street Profits match. Oh, my God, I can't believe we're not going to get that match. Oh, definitely. So, so pissed oh. we're not going to get it. Damn. Um, so, okay, let's move on. We had full gear over the weekend. We'll do some quick thoughts on these matches. Um, I didn't write them all down because some of them are just filler. Um, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page... Kenny Omega is now the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. John Moxley did retain later on in the night in the I Quit match, in a bloody Whoa. I Quit match. Um, so we'll just talk about both matches here. First of all, Don Callis is on the call from Impact Wrestling, on the call as Kenny Omega's friend. That was random and weird, especially since we had an NWA Women's Championship match on the pre-show. So why not? <laughs> we'll just keep bringing things in here. Why not? Um... Sal, your thoughts on Omega winning, Moxie retaining, and we getting Moxie Omega for the title down the road. I mean, it was kind of obvious that that was going to happen. Um, but hopefully it'll be an interesting match. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully going to be uh, not a super, you know, crazy thumbtacky, like the last <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a year ago already, by the way. I can't believe that was a year ago when that yeah. happened. <laughs> um, by the way, we'll, but to note, the word, this match will happen in February on pay-per-view, and that'll pretty much mark the one-year mark of Moxie's reign, which is crazy when you think about that. Um, Dad, your thoughts on these uh, um, Omega winning, Moxie winning, match happening in the future. I mean, you could tell from the storyline that uh, Kenny was going to win. Now, what this does to the friendship between him and Hangman Page, yeah. I have no idea. Video? Did you not watch the music video that said there's no more friendship? <laughs> there was a four-minute music video. I know. I know. Right. I understand that. But what I'm saying is I don't know what's going to happen now if Hangman Page is going to get lost in the shuffle. 
with the uh, AW roster or if he has other aspects to go for, like the TNT title. I don't know. I mean, that would that would kind of, you know, if he wins that, that would kind of put him in in a shot to get a, a, a title shot, hopefully down the road. But uh, Moxley, oh my God, that was him and Eddie Kingston. That was, got a little bloody. Um, they went that way and Moxley prevailed. And I can tell you right now, uh, a Moxley-Kenny Omega match, wow. Uh, it's going to be kicks, slaps, punches, whatever. But I don't think it's going to be bloody like Eddie Kingston. I think this is going to be more whose submission move is going to go on first. And whoever is the better person that night is going to come out on top. Yeah, we'll get to that in February. Yeah, by the way, us breaking down this match, still shorter than Kenny Omega's entrance. Um, moving on. <laughs> Darby Allen, speaking of the TNT Championship, he beat Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes to win the TNT Rhodes. Yeah, let's clar- clarify that. I wrote that in my notes to make sure I said it. Um, first of all, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> that was that was a big surprise because he made it very clear in the press conference before he was not going to be Cody Rhodes on television. But boy, did he lie to everybody because it was yep. Cody Rhodes when Justin Roberts said so. So if Justin Roberts says it, it must be true. And I see a bird on Sal's shoulder. Uh, <laughs> You can tell I'm getting loopy now. She's, um, she's blending in with the 80s school picture background. <laughs> Darby oh, Allen is the new TNT champion. Brian oh, Cage she. and Ricky Stark attacked afterwards. Will Hobbs came for the save. I'm intrigued by this because it at least this, this opens up the TNT championship picture a lot. So I'm really intrigued. I did like the emotion, though, and have Cody like represent the title to him. I think that's a bit over the top, but I did enjoy it at the same time. Um, and Taz calling them out on the crying, which funny as hell. Dad, since Sal is occupied with his bird, your thoughts. <laughs> wow. Uh, I didn't expect the title change. I think it took me by surprise, but you have to give credit where credit's due to Darby Allen. He did what he said he was going to do, and he did it, and uh, you know, the emotion he had when he got presented the belt from Cody, uh, I, to me, I think that was real because of all the times in his video saying that you're not good enough to do this, you're not big enough to do this, he proved everyone wrong. And I think that's why he was so successful in doing what he wanted to do because he was focused. Now, what happens with Cody? I mean, is he in the hot for a uh, Moxley's title? Nope. I don't know. He can't. He can't. He can't. He can't. Can't. He put. Remember that stipulation where he can't go off in the main title. Ah. So well, if it's not Moxley, I don't know. Like, and it's Omega. No, he can do something. No, he can't go off in the main title no matter who holds it. Oh, that that's, sucks. that's what it was. He said that because he lost to Jericho. That's how long ago that's been in place. You know, like he lost to Jericho and Jericho's for a pay-per-view defense. Oh, everything's oh. subject to change. Yeah, you turn heel and you say fuck you to the fans. Um, Sal, <laughs> back to you and Livy. Your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he deserved it. I mean, honestly, as much as I liked Cody Rhodes, Rhodes, um, um, 
being the champion and I, I he did a really good job at showcasing the title and you know giving the younger talent you know a lot of of good airtime and you know some really good matches it, it i felt like he was what's the word i want to like he, he was just too big for that title i i think you know what i mean and it just it felt weird having him be the champion especially for so long and especially winning it back um but I, I feel like Darby Allen is deserving of the title. I mean, he's done a lot of great work. Uh, he's a really good talent, you know what I mean? So the, like, all the signs are there that he, he should be the champion. And, um, you know, and like you said, now this opens up a whole new wing of, you know, people that can now start challenging for the title because it's more realistic than having them go after the title when it was Cody Rhodes. Right. And it's – um. Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, you could also throw a Hobbs, you could throw Art Cassidy in there. Like you got a list of people that can go after the TNT oh. championship now. It's be fun. Don't forget MGF. Well, well, we'll get to MGF. We'll get there. Um, real fast, Akira Shida, she retained the AEW Women's Championship against Nala Rose. The match was kind of blah. But the question I have is who is next to face um, Akira Shida for the Women's Championship? Sal? Um... I don't know, like, you know, I know Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, um, she comes to mind, you know, she got her right when she was starting to get hot, um, so maybe they could probably try to get her into a, into a feud with uh, Ikaru Shida. There it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I think. Yeah, I was going toward Britt myself. I couldn't think of anybody else. I just couldn't think of it. Anybody else? Dad, what do you think? Uh, Big Swole. Ooh, Big Swole. Okay, that's a good one. I, I see Big Swole being a, a contender for the title uh, and her maybe being successful. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, you know, Big Swole has been on TV for a while. Probably or, you know, Anna J. Anna J. Anna J. Yeah. I'd love to see Anna J go for the title. I think that the Dark Order should do that. I think they should send Anna Jay towards Akira Shida and have her oh, yeah. title for the Dark Order. I think oh, yeah. that would be brilliant. I just don't see them doing that. But I think she deserves that. The other one, um, I will say Evil Lisa Diamante, one of them, they're buried on Dark right now on the 18 match Dark shows. And um, maybe they can come over here and do a match. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Um, move on to the match of the night. Probably one of the matches of the year. The Young Bucks defeated FTR to win the AEW World Tag Team Championship Championship, and holy fuck, this was amazing. And I said to Sal while we were watching it, okay, FTR, I'm no longer mad at you. That was amazing. Um, fantastic match. Fantastic. I applaud both teams. This is insane. The fact that they broke out moves that I've never seen on AEW TV was insane to me. Um, the tributes they did to all these teams throughout the history of, of wrestling and the fact that they did like tribute teams for like 20 years ago and then they did stuff from the modern era as well like they, they I didn't catch this one I caught the DIY tribute they did a New Day tribute the revival did a New Day tribute I didn't even catch oh, did? that yeah they did a New Day tribute I missed that that's what they do they did um they did Biggie and Kofi I mean Biggie and um Biggie oh Kofi and Nick Xavier's finisher like I didn't even catch oh, that I didn't, didn't even catch realize it. That's pretty damn crazy. Um, well, oh, good I, for them. I, I like how they did the Frankensteiner 
Yeah. Did you get a Steiners? Yeah, they did a whole bunch of stuff like that. So I applaud these two teams because it takes a lot for me to want to praise FDR. And the fact that um, Young Bucks, Hangman, and Omega was probably the best match for me of the year. And for me to say that about this match too says a lot about how high I am on this match. Sal, your thoughts? Yeah, it was a very good match. Um, and again, the, you know, I, I feel like the Young Bucks did deserve the title. Uh, so, uh, and again, this opens up a whole new thing of, you know, uh, of, of people to go after the title for, from, uh, to take it from them. Yeah, I agree. Um, dad thoughts. It was a great match and, uh, back and forth and it showcased both their, t- both teams talents very well. Um, the bucks needed this win, uh, because if they didn't, then, they were kind of be like wondering what were they doing in this organization. Well, they never they start, of face the tag champions ever again if they lost. You know, I mean, they came into this organization. Oh, they're they, organization. Keep that in mind. So there. You know, they kind of put the foundation to your organization. How would it look if when you came in and you kind of placed this organization on the map for you to lose, and now you're floundering? It, it doesn't look good for the product, but. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad they won because now uh, you can have other tag teams come in and, and challenge them. Uh, do I see uh, one from uh, the So Cold with Scorpio Sky and Frank oh, Kazarian? Um, SCU. That's who you're trying to say. SCU. <laughs> do I see him challenging? Oh, without a doubt. Maybe. Hell yeah. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I, I can see them being the first team to challenge them. Maybe. Or Jurassic Express. Or Jurassic Press, or Private Party, or like there's a whole bunch of teams. I think that'd be great for this. All right, Sal, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to tell me why this match was so good because I was kind of getting annoyed by this. The Elite Deletion match, Matt Hardy kind of, I guess, defeated Sammy Guevara in this match. Um, there was blood, there was weirdness, there was the hurricane and Gangrel. Apparently, Gangrel was holding the hurricane for hostage for some reason. I didn't understand that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. And then the hurricane got thrown into the Lincoln of Care Carnation. It came back out of Gregory Helms, the reporter, which was also weird. Um, and then, it, then uh, Matt Hardy did break the, th- the fourth wall and say that I had to wait two years to get to AEW to finish our storyline. Which I'm not, that was actually kind of funny. That was actually a good line. Um, Neo One, by the way, apparently Matt already thinks he's in, in Star Wars because Neo One came out and projected him like fucking Princess Leia. That was just, that was weird. And for some reason, a monster truck came out to run a road golf cart. This is all shit that went on. Oh, and I forgot there was Roman candles, and we had a big Roman candle fight. That was bizarre and weird to watch. Sal, please, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> a masterpiece. What? A masterpiece. That's what you saw. It was brilliant. And it was fantastic, and it was edge of your seat action, and it was it had fireworks, and it had uh, mud, and it had water, and it had a ladder, and it had a casket for some strange reason in the background. That was there. There was a piano. And they were locked into the the the, the dome, and then there was a door that was unlocked right next to it, and it was just it was brilliant. I didn't even catch that. That's funny. That's very funny. I didn't even catch that. Um, Dad, you didn't see the match because you were bringing Kyle to work. But you got our reactions. Um, any thoughts? I 
to me, I think they were trying way too hard to top the Undertaker's match with AJ Styles. This was such a different level of um, that because this you know, was like this I, might have been the final like deletion match that Matt Hardy would ever do. I have to give credit so, where the credits due. Matt's able to poke fun ahead himself, which is great, and he's able to make his opponent look even sillier. But uh, <laughs> you know, when you get family in there like Senor Benjamin, yeah, Senor Benjamin did dry. Oh my know, God! I mean, David Guevara get put in a trash can. And then yep. in the back of a truck, and Senior Benjamin drove him away. I forgot about that. But, That's how the match ended. But here's the thing: <laughs> everything that happened within there, and, and, and when you ended the match, and you kind of had your scratch your head, like, "What the hell did I just see?" Yep, that was what you're was you're, you're not going to forget the match. By the way, I want to make one note: Sammy Guevara did go on Twitter right after the match was over and tweet from the garbage can, saying, "Where the hell am I?" That made me laugh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, one last match to talk about is MJF beating Chris Jericho to join the inner circle. What the fuck happened here? This match ended weirdly. Um, Sal, MJF, and Wardlow are now in the inner circle. And I don't know why. I just realized CJ did not know this information until two seconds ago when I said it out loud because <laughs> he was asleep when that match happened. <laughs> so, MDF beat Chris Jericho. I will say, I, I laughed very hard at Jericho holding his bat and MJF trying to pull an Eddie. And Audrey looking at him like an Eddie Chris looking, looking, I didn't do anything yet. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Made me laugh. Audrey and Chris Jericho's relationship on TV is hysterical. I'm not going to lie. I do love their chemistry. <laughs> and their now, Twitter feud is fantastic. I love them. Their, their chemistry. And they're, they, did, they did a podcast together and they're funny as hell. They're so funny. <laughs> Um, Sal, your thoughts, MJF in the inner circle. Well, uh, I thought I said Sal, but Dad, you go first. I mean, <laughs> you, you look at the storyline and it kind of gets, I guess you can say, a, a facelift. Um, but now you're kind of wondering who is actually going to take control of the inner circle. Is it going to be Jericho? Is it going to be MJF? Are they going to basically kind of like implode? You have to wait to see how the storyline plays out, but how it plays out is going to be something different. Uh, just no more dinner theater, please. None of that. Debonair. Let's just, let's dinner just have a nice match. Who knows? Maybe you guys can tag together and get the, the tag team belts. Who knows? Um, Sal, now I'll throw it to you. <laughs> Your thoughts. Um, so, I mean, it, I, I thought it would be kind of interesting if MJF won and then slowly take over Inner Circle and then kick Chris Jericho out. Um, I, I can see that happening only because, you know, Chris Jericho, I mean, he has other things going on. I mean, granted, you know, the, the band's not touring or anything like that, but I mean, that, that, could, that could be lifted, you know, within the next six months. Not touring, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, during but not during. You know, so he, he's got other things you know? going on, and you know, he's he's you know up there in age, and as we just you know, he celebrated his fiftieth birthday. Um, so, so I mean, and, and let's be honest, you know, Jericho doesn't need to be 
inner circle Chris Jericho when he's on AEW television. Like, you know, he's been extremely successful being on commentary, which is, hyster- you know, he's hysterical when he's on commentary. He will transition to that when this is over. I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, so I could see, I can see him getting kicked out of the group by MJF. MJF, you know, just taking a stronghold on the group and taking over uh, and, you know, have this feud between the two of them where it's like, you know, Chris Jericho talks shit about him on commentary for the next, like, six months. And then maybe we built up to, like, uh, like a a batch down the road. But, like, we don't have to do this immediately. I was thinking the next pay-per-view was in February. But I could see them, like, doing, like, a grudge match at double or nothing in May. Like, you can go that far ahead and do a grudge match and Jericho is the babyface and MJ of the heel, and you have the crowd probably back at 50% at that point. And, oh, my God, if you think people love him now, wait till <laughs> they're singing you know, his music at, at the yeah. baby face. All right, so for people that are listening to this, um, we had a bit of a technical difficulty. So we're going to end the show. Uh, <laughs> um, technical difficulty, and then our internet went down. So we're literally wrapping up the show a really strange, bizarre way. Uh, I'm going to have to screen cap this because this is hilarious how we're ending the show. Um, so, Sal, let's do this. Let's get out of here. Go. Uh, yeah, for more information on our show, including where you can listen, just go to the com our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, and comment or leave a rating and review, and we will read it on the show. Um, so what song are we closing with? I've got to mention that part. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so this is some uh, new a new artist, I'm assuming. His, he, he's going by the name of Rit Momney. <laughs> Rit Momney. So, you know, I see what he did there. Um, and he's doing a cover of uh, Put Your Records On, which was originally done by uh, an artist called Corinne Bailey Ray a while ago. Yeah, well, there you go. All right. Um, we're part of the Wisconsin Podcast Association. You can go to um, WisconsinPodcast.com and get more information. Guys, say your thing. Hey, as always, it's been a real pleasure. And please, no matter where you're at, if you have a local independent wrestling organization, please patronize these people. These are young men and women. They're coming up in the business of professional wrestling, sports, entertainment. And they can do amazing things. So patronize them. Give them the love. And they'll basically give you love back. And please... Do the three things. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart. And please, mask up, mask up, mask up. It will make everything go so much easier down the road for everyone. So please, just just do this. Have common courtesy. Have common decency. And hey, let's love one another. Um, okay, that's that. Next week, we're going to be talking about Survivor Series. Best of the best, apparently, that's the timeline for this show. Of course it is. Um, yes, it the is. One night of the, year, the one night of the year where Raw and SmackDown, blah, 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 blah. That'll be next week's show. Um, let's get out of here. We're getting off the by the internet down. I'm, I'm Blake. I'm Sal. I'm Mark. And you've been listening to The Blake and Sal Show. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah, hang in there, up. guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.
you so very much. Goodbye, and good night.